Hello, uh, this is Defend Your Ship. Are you ready to get wrecked? Yes. In a good way. <laughs> it's in a good way. It's in a good way. episode with a guest hi um and this person is a lovely individual who i am always happy to see it is maggie mcmuffin hello america <laughs> and beyond <laughs> burlesque performer uh sex worker meme extraordinaire <laughs> about trash animals i do love trash animals <laughs> so yeah so i guess we should we've decided to do a new intro portion where we talk about what fan content we've seen, we've seen in yeah. the last and couple. And before we do that, maybe we can introduce who we are, too. Oh, yeah, we should do that. No, we can't do it. We're ghosts. You'll never know who we are. Um, I'm Raina. Uh, I am one half of this ridiculous duo that's going deep, deep into the fandom rabbit hole. And I am Stevie. I am the other half. <laughs> Period. <laughs> succinct. Very succinct. Uh, yeah, so we decided that we want to show some love for the people that are still making content because God bless them. Yes. Um, so what have you consumed, watched, seen, done this week? What have I consumed? <laughs> um, I have consumed a lot of Star Trek related fan art. I'm not surprised. Um specifically from one artist who I now have to look up the name of because I didn't do my homework <laughs> and remember this person's name. And you know how you just can't pronounce some people's That's names? That's um, How about you tell us your thing, Raina, because you said you did your homework. I did do my homework. So this is a Sailor Moon thing, which surprises what? no one. Zero surprise. Um, so it's a fanfic story okay. on AO3. And it's called Devour, A Story of Cannibal Mermaids. Into it. By nice. Starlene Sinclair, uh, with art by Smoking Bomber. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an AU Sailor Moon fanfic where all the Senshi and Shintenyu are different forms of mermaids. Wait, wouldn't cannibal mermaids mean that they're mermaids who eat other mermaids? No. In this case, I guess it's mermaids who eat fish and other people. So I guess maybe... So it's... they're just carnivorous mermaids. Yes. But it's called Cannibal Mermaids. Anyway, the premise... Cool phrase. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the premise is basically that uh, Zoisite and Mercury go to an abandoned wreck and find Endymion, who has been down there for a thousand years, like a couple thousand years, to protect everybody from the darkness and then being like, oh, a human to eat. They let go Ooh. the darkness and shenanigans ensue. I love shenanigans. <laughs> um, the artist that I spent all yesterday looking at was Reaper Sun on Tumblr. Okay. I basically just looked through all of their Kirk Spock fan art nice, um, and nice. comics, of which there are a couple, which was really exciting. Nice. There was one that was like a coffee shop AU that I was not aware of. <laughs> um, I know you think that I would know all of the Kirk Spock coffee shop AUs. No, that's not actually really where I live. I don't live in the coffee shops on that fandom in particular, but I was delighted to find that comic. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yay. Do you have anything you want to share, Maggie? Uh, 
Yeah, I've been going back and forth between reading a lot of la- labyrinth fan fiction. <gasps> yes! Um, specifically by this author named Painted Glass. I've just been reading all of their stuff. Oh my god. Um, so, I've been re- so I've been doing that, which made me go back and watch the movie, and I was like, oh yes. my god, this movie is not good. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's not even like, oh my god, this is like, can't be bad. I was no, just no, like, it's bad. this movie's just not good. It just sucks. I own two copies of it, one on DVD and Blu-ray. It's terrible. It's like the puppetry is masterclass. Oh, Everything yeah. else is terrible. The costumes are pretty good. I the mean, costumes are good. Don't people basically love Labyrinth through David Bowie and the aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I... I love it for a lot of reasons, but being being a good movie is not one of them. That is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's... Honestly, uh, my girlfriend was recently telling me, like, yeah, did you know that when they came out, The Dark Crystal was, like, the really, like, big smash hit, and Labyrinth was, like, the weird one that people were like, you liked Labyrinth? And I was like, really? And then I went back and rewatched it for the first time in, like, ten years, and I was like, oh, I can see that now. Yeah. Have you read, speaking of fan fan fiction about Labyrinth, have you read the one with the chickens? <laughs> the chickens? Um, no, because as we will discuss when we discuss my pairing that I am defending, I only read fanfic that is not for children. Have you read a fanfic then called, I think it's, I think it's a Labyrinth fanfic with that phrase, it's just called like, through a glass darkly, and there's a mental hospital involved. Oh! Sarah's in the mental hospital. Uh, no, I saw that one when okay. I was looking for things, but usually um, anything where it's like someone's... This is going to be ironic, considering this pairing that I'm defending. I don't, <laughs> I don't tend to read things set in mental hospitals. <laughs> well, this is going to be a time. <laughs> well, in that case, between the two of us, perhaps we've read all of the Labyrinth fan fiction because I tended, I, that was the darkest Labyrinth fan fiction I read and the rest of it was very campy and adorable. Oh man, I read one, I read one that was an AU that was combining the basic plot of Dangerous Liaisons. <gasps> that one was pretty, wow. that one was pretty dark. It was also, the past stuff was really dark and then like there was like this present thing where someone who obviously has never had children <laughs> was writing Sarah as a mother to twin boys and I was like, oh, God. and I was just kind of like skipping that part. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah. Well, I think let's swing into our main content. Yeah. Uh, Brian, do you want to kick things off? Again? Yes. So basically, first we ask you, how did you get into fandom and how did you get into shipping in specifics? Um, I mean, I guess I got into fandom because I'm a, a person who has lived on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, and like, I guess I was in musical theater fandoms in high school, but the first fandom that I ever really got into was like the Batman fandom. And it was when the dark Knight was coming out and it was the summer before I went to college and I was staying with, um, with my mother's family who I did not like and did not get along with. And so basically they would all go to sleep. Um, and I would finally creep out of my room for the night and I would make myself tea and I would watch whatever episode of Batman the Animated Series was playing on um, some satellite Disney channel. And then I would spend my days like locked in my bedroom slash my grandma's office just like reading fan fiction and downloading comics. And it was it was my escapism from just this terrible family situation. Yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot like what I did as a teenager. <laughs> Side note, what kind of tea? Um, it was usually Earl Grey, which, considering I was drinking it at 10.30 at night, um, maybe not the best choice, <laughs> which is probably why I was staying up until 1 a.m. every night. Yeah, I think that would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how did that lead to shipping? Well, um, 
<laughs> oh my god, why is this suddenly so embarrassing? Because if I haven't talked about this with strangers for like 15 years. Um, it's okay. In my first podcast, I talked about reading porn when I was 11. It's yeah, fine. and I talked um, about Kingdom Hearts. So there's nothing that you can say that's going to be worse than that. So I got into shipping because um, my favorite characters were... Um, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and then if you're in the Batman fandom, because this was, you know, this was this was a this was a longer ago time where it didn't automatically brand you as an abuse apologist. Uh, there was mm. lots of Harley Quinn Joker shipping, more so than there is now. Um, and I got into that, and you know, they were they were a canon couple on the animated series, so I was like, oh, I want to, and they had great stories in the various comics, and I was like, I'm into this. I want to I want to read more about these two together. Well, that leads perfectly into our main discussion, which is, what ship do you want to talk about today, Maggie? I'm here <laughs> to talk about Harley Quinn and the Joker. <laughs> I love that this is our first guest episode, because we were just kicking, we were just getting real spicy. <laughs> Diving right in. Yeah, because actually one of the questions I wrote in specifically for this episode was how have you responded to controversy? So we'll get to that, because you've already sort of mentioned oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but to start it off nice and smooth. <laughs> so I guess you kind of already answered how did you start shipping them, which is Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. And it's definitely not a, like, tin hat situation, because there is, is... This is canon. It's this canon. This is canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's canon in so many different ways. So I guess the first relevant question then is, what are your favorite tropes about Harley and Joker? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, and and does, <laughs> does that play into the ways that it's canon in a few different ways? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of different representations of this relationship throughout the various comics and media. There is. So when looking at fan fiction, you also have to look at um, like which continuity is being drawn from. Um, so like how what I look for in good characterization in Joker Harley for like the David Ayer Suicide Squad verse versus um, Batman the Animated Series versus some of the different comic books versus different animated um, iterations um, very very different because they are written differently um, usually I want to go for like some classic comic book animated series stuff but I've read most of that <laughs> um, I and this is true for this is true for most of my fan fiction. I really like dubious consent. I really Ooh. like I really like fucked up kink stuff. Um, I really um, I'm not like really into hurt comfort, but I've read a lot of hurt comfort fics because they fall under that because they are um, they are stories and pieces of um, art that ha that are very honest about the fact that Joker and Harley are an, are an abusive have an abusive dynamic. And I like reading people's explorations of that. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the abuse dynamic, like, presents as a trope in this case? Or yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, it varies. There's varying levels of abuse depending on which continuity you're going, um, you're looking at. Um, and so I found that the Suicide Squad. Um, like the new DC movies continuity fan fiction tends to lean more towards like they're both just really fucked up individuals who are like going on coke benders and hmm. fucking on pool tables, <laughs> which is really which is really fun, but is a different dynamic than the Joker like gaslighting Harley and there being a first person narrative of her trying to form a cohesive narrative for herself wow, where yeah. she gets to be happy. 
That sounds almost like a psychological thriller in some ways. It's there's a lot of psychological thriller stuff. Um, every, <laughs> I recently read the actually I guess canon now where DC started releasing um, like novel versions of some of their well-known stories like they did the killing joke they did mad love and they did mm -hmm. some other story that i oh it was the court of owls i don't care about that um <laughs> and it was just like here's the real story of what happened with harley quinn and the joker and her origin story and i was like yeah i've read this like 20 million times on archive of our own and fanfiction.net <laughs> and honestly people it was written by a man it was obviously mm -hmm. a man um and I was like, I've read this story way better in fan mm -hmm. fiction. I feel like that's usually the case is that, like, because for me personally, fan fiction was a way to experience things that, like, you weren't satisfied with in canon or, like, couples that you wouldn't be able to experience in canon either because of queerness or polyamory. And, like, do you feel like that is true with Joker and Harley where the fan artists and writers portray it much better than the actual artists and writers? Um, absolutely. I mean, for one, you're diving deeper because Harley Quinn was created for the animated series, even though they um, kind of ended up backdoor introducing her into the comics continuity technically first. Um, same way that like happened with Batgirl in the 1960s before the live action thing, and same thing that happened um, with Renee Montoya. Um, so a lot of people are deeper diving into the fact that they got a lot of shit, not even past the censors. It was like the censors just didn't give a fuck with a lot of things Batman <laughs> the Animated Series did. So a lot of people were like, okay, this is a very sexually charged relationship. And we want to dive into what kind of crazy sex these people are having. <laughs> but also, at no point does the Animated Series like present the Joker as not being abusive. They mm -hmm. just present it as a relationship that also includes love, which is true for most abusive relationships. There's usually an element of love that's usually a very important part of the cycle of abuse. So people were also digging into like more adult representation of what that abuse would look like. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, and a lot, and honestly, one of the things that bothers me is in fan fiction, I've also seen up until recently, um, with um with some of the comics better representation of what it looks like for harley to leave that relationship mm. a lot of times when especially when she's being written by men it's like just this empowerment thing where it's like she's just suddenly over the joker and realizes that she deserves better and she strikes out on her own and she's just going to do all these things and those are usually not the best harley stories whereas um connor and palmiati when they kicked off harley's most recent solo series like five years ago they made it so that she was still like having visions of the Joker and still like thinking about him and still having very complicated feelings about him, even though she knew that it was for the best that she was no longer with him. Mm. Um, so, but mostly in canon, that has not been the case. I've only seen that sort of honesty in fan fiction. Yeah, I think fan fiction provides a really good platform for honesty. Uh, and, and how characters are portrayed. And usually I've experienced that through slash fan fiction, which yeah. is everything that I read is pretty much exclusive, except for your labyrinth, which we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've dabbled in the het for a bit. Which is funny. Um, we all have like, some het. There's like <laughs> one female character other than Sarah. Right? Uh, yeah. And it's her stepmom. Oh, it's her stepmother and the trash lady. The trash lady. That's it. Those are well, the only two women. You know what? Trash lady is a very important character. <laughs> 
Um, I don't even remember Trash Lady because it's been so long. Since that's I've seen okay. You don't have to see it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to do that yourself. Um, but all of my ships have typically been like gay cis men, and I went. I just went over after those looking for subtext. But I think subtext in general can fuel any kind of fan fiction, including the Joker Harley fan fiction, because you're looking at more nuanced elements of their relationship than people would often go after in a canon storyline. Yeah, and subtext plays into that because it it took them how fucking long to make Harley and Ivy actually girlfriends on the page and not just a word of God situation where Bruce, Tim, mm-hmm. and Paul Denny were saying like, we only gave them one bed and every, every time <laughs> we put them in a room together. They were wearing each other's clothes. Of course they were girlfriends. We just couldn't say it. Oh um, my God. But like... It's very hard to talk about the Joker Harley Quinn without also like t- veering into Harley Quinn Poison Ivy, which for a long time was subtext. Um, but having a lot of people, even when they're writing um, fan fictions that focus on the Joker Harley, there usually is some mention of Poison Ivy because it's recognized that that relationship is also very key to the character of Harley. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the two relationships together or in contrast to each other? Um. In my headcanon of headcanons, um, Harley is is very polyamorous if there's a time when she's with both of them just because these people are frequently locked up, running around doing their own schemes and stuff. I don't think that the three of them together would frequently be an option. I also think very clearly and very strongly that for multiple reasons, Ivy and the Joker don't get along. And so it's mm-hmm. a very tense B-triad. Which sometimes I have read fanfiction where the three of them get together and it's some wonderful competition fucking between (laughs) Ivy and the Joker where Harley's like, wee, I'm going to be the center of attention. Oh no, this is really not great for me. (laughs) Oh no. Um, But, and I, I mean, I have also been in a situation where like I was in an abusive relationship with a dude and I was dating a woman at the time and... She was like, oh no, my girlfriend is dating a cycle. Mm. What do I do? How do I support her? Ugh. So it's also, ex- so I find that there's also explorations in this fandom a lot of like non-monogamous dynamics that, I mean, that's still not something that a lot of canon is really willing to grapple with. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just getting to like, okay, queer and trans people. And it's like, okay, can we add in some non-monogamy? What the hell is that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I feel like non-monogamy is the next, possibly the next frontier of what we're all doing. I mean, we're getting to it. I mean, with what X-Men is doing right now. That's true. Finally. I don't even know about this. Oh. Oh. We'll we'll talk, we'll talk about it after we're done recording. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, So, I guess this definitely leads into, have you experienced controversy, discourse, ship wars, antis, etc. around the ship of Joker and Harley? Oh, yeah. Um... And how do you feel about it and how do you respond to it? I think that a lot of the controversy comes from a well-meaning place. A lot of people um, think that advocating the ship means advocating for abusive dynamics, which isn't true. I think that fan fiction can be a really safe way for people to process difficult emotions. Um, I know that I got into that fandom before I was ever in an abusive relationship. And after I had been through abuse, revisiting those stories with those now having those experiences was actually very powerful for me. Also, I found out that um, back in the days when I was like hardcore into the Joker Harley fandom, a lot of the women who were pushing it 
had been women who had been through abusive situations. And this was a way for them to process those difficult emotions where it was like, well, yeah, he used to like choke me out and hit me and like tell me that I was ter and like tell me that I was terrible and like throw me out of the house. But we also had like really amazing kinky sex that at the time I didn't realize was not fully consensual on my part. That doesn't change the fact that it was really fucking hot. And these are things that are really difficult to talk about. They can even be difficult to talk about with a therapist. Um, a lot of therapists aren't adequately trained to talk to people about complex PTSD or just complex trauma in general. So that fandom I saw was a good way for people to process these things and be like, I can, I can fictionalize it, which helps me also get distance from it, which also helps me realize what happened to me was not okay and is not kind of the canon that I want my life to follow. Mm, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, it has changed in the past few years with Suicide Squad coming out. I know a lot of people were like doing that. It's like, I want to find the Joker to my Harley Quinn. And people were like, Ooh. no, you don't want to do that. And it's like, a lot of the people are very young. Also trying to read a lot of the sexy, mature fanfic that came out after that. I was like, oh, these people have never had sex. Oh my God. <laughs> and then having like this horrified thing where I was like, oh my God, this was written by a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Um, so, and I think instead of like telling a 16 year old girl, like, no, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be with Joker. Um, you could talk to him as like, okay, well, what are these things that you like? Also, maybe we can discuss what's not so great about it. And also we could discuss how maybe Hollywood dropped the ball on showing that, um, that relationship with having a lot of layers, which I'm hoping they go into more with um, with the Birds new of Birds of Prey. Prey. I'm, mm -hmm. I have so many high hopes for Birds of Prey. And <laughs> based on my track record with DC, they're all going to get shattered into a million little pieces, and I just I don't fucking I care. I almost don't care. It looks really badass. And all of so the costumes badass. are so good. They look so good. We got an actual Black Canary. <laughs> Cassandra Kane is going to be in it. Cassandra fucking Kane. Oh, man. Oh. I'm so stoked. Black Mask? Oh, <laughs> Black Mask in a movie that doesn't involve Stephanie Brown, so they can't make me cry. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess you kind uh, of already answered what have you learned from the ship yeah. and what have you gained from participating in the ship, but how do you think studying this relationship has impacted your own personal relationships? I mean, well, for one, I learned about kink from Joker Harley fan fiction. Oh. There was an author, Princess B slash Clowny Princess, who was also like a big deal cosplayer. She's not in the fandom anymore. She moved on to the Hellboy fandom and I almost followed her. Because <laughs> her stories were just so good. I know is, that fandom. That fandom is a, does suck you in. Um, is what she would do because she was, she was a sex worker mm -hmm. and, she was a, and she was a lifestyle kinkster. So she would write these amazingly dark, dark things that involved breath play and stabbing and wound fucking and medical play and <laughs> kidnapping and like really into, it was like, these are super powered whack jobs, um, who are, who are having kinky sex. Let's make them go like all the way. Let's make them go places. Um, I also learned about, I also learned about fisting from them. And then at the end of her fan fiction, she would be like, she would have an author's note that was like, so you want to try this at home? <laughs> oh my god. And so for fisting, it would be like, use lube, go slow, make sure you do your hand like this. Um, for breath play, it was doing things. Uh, she talked about the difference between um, risk-aware consensual kink and safe-sane consensual. 
And then for some, like, there were a couple of fan fictions where it's like, so you want to try this at home? Do not. <laughs> with the wound fucking, perhaps. Yeah, with the wound fucking, she was like, she's like, look, I'm not going to say that there is no way to do this, but I am going to say I'm not going to be responsible for you trying. Because, um, I mean, you can technically play with wounds, but she was like, this is going to take a lot. Um, there was yeah. one thing where I think, where someone literally, um, someone did, Harley did get fucked with a knife, which is one of my huge fetishes. I'm sorry, you're going to have to put so many trigger warnings on me. <laughs> um, it's like, I'm prepared. I'm like, yeah. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, yeah, this is the content we came here for. Yeah. Um, and she was saying, like, there is not a way to safely just put a blade in someone's vagina and vigorously move it in and out without fucking that person up. Do not do this. And would talk about um, the difference between kinks that can exist in your head and that's okay you're engaging with them safely versus okay this is a kink that like if you do it wrong you could get put in the hospital if you're cool with that please proceed mm-hmm. and that's honestly that's beautiful that, she that was so that. that was so I feel like great that's a thing that like is kind of a problem well because as you said like fandom and fan fiction is a great way to explore things that you have never gotten to try before but I also feel that because of that, there are, again, a bunch of teenagers who have just heard from about kink on the internet and mm-hmm. haven't really ever had any experience or, like, really studied on the subject. And so when somebody is like, hey, I'm going to write about this, but I'm also going to talk about whether or not you should do this and how you should do this if you want to do it is such a rare thing. It's so immensely valuable and I feel so happy as someone who was like because that was the same summer where like I watched secretary for the first time and secretary is also really hot kink but also a very abusive dynamic that we don't talk about enough enough um (laughs) and so getting to learn that from fan fiction is great and so that really impacted me because that meant that I was heading off to college being like there's a whole world open (laughs) to me yeah and now um and now I have I have partners who I can safely engage Gage and kink with um me and my girlfriend um Mary Sin we actually did a Joker Harley roleplay scene once um because uh it was it was going to be my first waterboarding scene Whoa. and she and she was like um and I was like well I feel like I'm not going to be able to get through that unless I'm really deep into subspace um I feel like we can't just jump into it and she was like well I feel like I'm gonna have to roleplay something in order to have a reason to waterboard you because we're gonna have to push you into subspace and she's like do you want to do a joker and harley scene and i was like that's ridiculous i love you um, <laughs> and she like just got into it because mary has a terrifying heath ledger joker number um Ooh. and i have a harley quinn number which by the way to any burlesque producers listening we have never gotten to do these acts at the same time in a show and then you know like go home and fuck in costume <laughs> You, hear it, you heard it here, folks. If you want this, um, it can happen. But, make Maggie's fantasies come true. Um, but we did this waterboarding scene at this, like, outdoor kink event that was really intense. Like, Mary was, like, kicking me in the stomach and, like, had me, like, downhill. And so when she was waterboarding me, it was getting all muddy. At one point, I thought she stabbed me. Um, and we... Um, but in a good way. In a but go- in a good way. In a good way, because she didn't. She wouldn't, she wouldn't really stab me. I, I have another partner who might stab me, but, like, they would take me to the hospital after. <laughs> As well you should. Yeah. No, um, but, like, learning about all that stuff, um, and also, I think, in retrospect, reading, a, um, reading about that kinky stuff 
within the bounds of Joker Harley and then having being able to be like I've read the story and now I'm going to the author's note um and then also going into the fan discourse about the abuse but also the kink and also the very um and then going into um into the kink culture and learning that very often it is hard to find a dude who will just fuck you up who isn't also kind of an abusive piece of shit Mm -hmm. um help me to realize okay what do I need to look for red flags wise what do I need to ask for in terms of pre-care in terms of aftercare in terms of safe words um so that's it's very much impacted my relationships I think that's I I love I honestly like I love hearing that because fandom is can be so fraught with potholes if you don't know what you're looking for and I know we did a 45 minute did. disclaimer episode about <laughs> oh, wow. shit that is troublesome about fandom and fan fiction yeah which will probably air before this, this one, one. <laughs> yeah. but but I, I think that these things are really important to talk about because these are things that draw people back into fandom these are reasons that people come to fandom looking for this kind of content and this kind of information and this kind of an experience vicariously but to then bring that into the real world, it's going to come with you. I mean, anything that you're consuming is going to come with you somewhere. Exactly. Um, ex- and it is also something that, unlike the real world, you can leave. If a story gets too intense for you, you can you can stop reading it. Yeah, that is a huge power trip, too. <laughs> yeah, um, not fan fiction, but my, um, but uh, Megan Gedras, Rosalarian, um, when she released The Lady Eudora Henley last year... Um, the preface to that book, which is the most like intense kink um, thing she's written, she writes in the foreword like, hey, if you need to stop reading my book at any time, do. You are allowed to do that. I'm empowering you to do that. And I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful that she was telling people like, I will not be offended if wasn't like, oh, I guess I'm too edgy for you. It was like, <laughs> hey, you may not be in a place to, to read about hardcore DS situations right now, so by all means, uh, take a break. Go eat some lunch, drink some water, check in with yourself, take care of you. Yeah, that's great. I, I feel like it would be amazing to have more of that in fandom, and usually the places where I find that in fandom are these sort of dark fic areas, the kink areas, the dubcon areas, the I was involved briefly and tangentially in the Hydra Trash Party part of the Captain America fandom. Oh god. Which had then which then went on to become sort of this whole other thing, but it had started in a very oddly pure place of wanting <laughs> to just enjoy some fucked up shit with everybody having um an understanding of what they were getting into and everyone having being on the same level about what they wanted to experience. Yeah, it's the difference in, like, performances when people... Like, I've heard about productions of West Side Story that handle that fucking rape scene very poorly and they just kind of, like, throw the actors into it. And then I've mm. heard about ones where it's like, okay, we're going to do a closed rehearsals day. Um, woman who's playing Anita, what do you need after this? Do you need us all to, like, leave you alone? Do you need anything else? I've also experienced that on, on porn sets. Like, I've, like, I had, um, when I was doing BDSM porn, I had a terrible experience once that almost put me in the hospital, and I was kind of trapped on set because I hadn't mm. gotten paid. I didn't drive myself there. Me and my scene partner were like, we don't know what to do. And then I had another um, experience where, like, I did a really intense scene and everything went correctly, but that meant that, like, I was still getting whipped and suspended and all this stuff. And as soon as the camera stopped rolling, someone swept in with a juice box and a cookie and was like, oh. and, like, everyone on set was just going, you did so great! That was so 
think that you're right that having that discourse around um, fan fiction, because even though it's happening on the page, there's still so much happening in someone's head that, mm-hmm. especially if they are younger, that they may need help processing. Yeah, and it's, all, again, really important in fan fiction particularly to remember your audience might skew younger than you want it to, and it's, yeah. it's out there. The information is out there, and people are... if, if young people are looking for this information, they're going to be able to find it. I certainly was. Yeah. And what I found did not come with any disclaimers or anything. And so the dub con that I got into in high school was mostly like awkward rape fic that was written by other teenagers and was certainly not coming from a healthy place or for a healthy purpose, just desperately trying to let off steam in some capacity. Yeah, no, I picked up um, the Sleeping Beauty trilogy by Anne Rice when I was like 12. Just found mm. it at the library. Yeah, there you go. It's not even fan fiction. You can just find it at the library. I mean, I would argue that it's that's yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like how Anne Rice wrote Jesus fan fiction that one time, but she got paid for oh, it. Oh, Anne. But isn't also Anne Rice very anti fan fiction? Yeah, she, she, she is. is. That's, <laughs> it's like how Alan Moore doesn't think that comic books should be adapted to other mediums, but then he took literary characters and put them in comic books so he yeah. can shut up. Cute. He's never yeah. going to hear this. I can say what I want. <laughs> that's true. You can't. Think... Everything is fanfic. We slammed a couple people already, so by all means. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, Shakespeare, Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Shakespeare. Uh, So I guess we can like start going into like our closing discussion. But so like what draws you to fandom and why do you keep coming back to it? I just like seeing people have fun. (laughs) Um, I like when there's a fandom because I like being able to talk to people about things that I'm into. I don't. I don't understand that mentality of like, well, I like this before it was cool. It's like, I love that this is cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that I can go to Hot Topic and buy a shirt. <laughs> Do you not want merch? <laughs> I always want merch. Yeah. Do you not want to meet up at a convention? Do you not want to buy fan art? Yeah. I, I love that there's always new, even if it's like a new canon iteration that's coming out, sometimes it can be like awkward to unite the different canon eras and elements of, of a ship or of a fandom. I know like Marvel has gone through this. With their movies, Star Trek has gone through this. Um, I guess Good Omens has also now gone yeah, through yeah. this. But every time something new canon comes out, like that just means there's more cake. Yeah. 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 Why, why do you not want more cake? <laughs> I want all the cake. Um, so yeah, I like fandom. I like I like discussing things, especially when, as we discussed, when people are talking about heavy, heavy things. And also, fandom is there for people. Like, it can as we discussed at the beginning, sometimes fandom is what's helping a teenager survive a terrible home life or an awkward pubescence or whatever. And that's fucking great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how many lives Homestuck's saved. <laughs> I, know. I don't even fucking read Homestuck and I think it's weird and Hussey's a little problematic, but oh my God, every time I see a fucking 12 year old cosplay Homestuck, which is pretty much the only people who, co- they never age. <laughs> I mean, Betty cosplays Homestuck. <laughs> of course she'd. I love that possum. <laughs> Which reminds me that we should probably get Betty on this podcast we'll at some point Homestuck. to at least talk about Homestuck. Oh, yeah, it's going to be two hours. The first hour and a half is just trying to explain <laughs> what it is to people. <laughs> hey, if we can do Kingdom Hearts in a half an hour, we can do anything. <laughs> um, um, so I guess, have you created fan content for Harley Joker? I have. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean... Obviously, I have the burlesque stuff. I was in a fully scripted Batman the Animated Series um, play last year, which was not written by me, but I was Harley. Um, And I have written exactly one fan fiction. I I could not sleep on a cross-country flight this um, 
this spring. And so I wrote a cuckolding fan <laughs> about specifically the Suicide Squad um, uh, editions of them. Beautiful. It nice. is on Archive of Our Own. I'm yeah. not telling you how to find it, but if you search through the cuckolding tag, maybe you will. I it's mean, fine. I'm sure I... that there's more than I would think in the cuckolding tag. Like, I'm sure that that's a longer... <laughs> I mean, I told people you could find my Spike Buffy Angel fanfic on AO3. I didn't say what my name was. so Everyone's going to have a wild adventure looking for this stuff. (laughs) Uh, If you find it, I'll give you a prize. The prize is that you got to read my fanfic. So, uh, this is kind of like our request section. Mm. If you could have any sort of fan content, like tropes, fan art, fan fiction... What is, like, the thing you want from this ship right now? This ship? Yeah. Um, I just want to return to all the Joker Harley fic being fucking balls-to-the-wall fuckfest <laughs> with really great character development. I mean, it'll get there. Eventually, the 16-year-olds who are writing who are writing <laughs> the new wave will, will age up and have sex. Um, in the meantime, I guess I'll keep... I'm writing a new one currently, so... Maybe I will. Maybe I will be the fan fiction that I want to see in the world. Yes. Yeah. Um. I also just. I also just want to keep seeing fucking cam girls doing spot on film level recreations of Harley's, um, of Harley's costumes and just making bank with their with their content. Like, just cheers to you. I love how many sex workers fucking love Harley. Uh, and this is like our new question, our final question. What makes you think of your ship? Like mixtapes. Uh, media, which we still have in 2019. <laughs> we have stuff, random shit I'm the about your ship. What makes you think of your ship out in the wild? Um, bleach blondes. <laughs> that would do it. Punk rock couples. Yes. Okay. Um, this song that I'm looking up right now. Oh no, is it not on here anymore? There's a song by a band called The Bastard Fairies. that was called like he hit me or something but it's just like just the lyrics of it i heard it like 10 years ago and it's no song has ever made me think of that fandom that 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 ship as much as that song has by the bastard fairies yeah it was a great name for a band yeah and um apparently they're they're still making music or or maybe not, uh, according to Spotify, their last release was in 2010. But it's also, um, the lead singer is um, an indigenous woman oh, named nice. Yellow Thunder Yellow Thunder Woman. And their music is just really weird and really cool. I found it randomly at my college orientation. I got it for free, and I listened to it nonstop for like two years. And occasionally I go back to it, and I'm really sad that they're not on Spotify anymore. Hmm. Because I lost that CD. Oh, no. <laughs> well... Our listeners, if any of you know of this oh. band, the Bastard Fairies, and have a CD, help Maggie out. Help me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our very first guest. Yeah, and yeah. tackling such an awesomely complex subject with us. Yeah, thank you for letting me talk about um, my my first ship, my truest ship. <laughs> How long have you been shipping this, years wise? Uh, since two thousand. An eight? 
Nice. Nice. Good yeah. 10 year relationship there. Yeah. If you ever want me to do a follow up about um, Harley and Ivy, I would oh, be, yeah. I would be happy to do that. Yeah. That would be a great sequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring me on for season two. Yeah. Cause I can talk, I can talk about those two for a long time too. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. We will be back shortly with another guest. We don't know who that is, yeah. but no Mystery time will pass guest. for you. <laughs> but if you have questions, comments, concerns, feelings, uh, you can reach us at defendership at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or on Twitter at, at defendership. Yes. And if yeah. you want to at me. Yeah. Because like for some, for some friendly discourse or some fisticuffs, I'm on Twitter at Maggie McMuff. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. This was a delay.